we're super glad you're here with us at First Christian Church this morning. We're going to continue worship in just a little bit here by studying the Word together. So I want to encourage you to turn uh, with me to First Peter. Uh, it's toward the end of the New Testament. First Peter, we're going to be in the second chapter. <clears throat> we'll refer to a number of other passages. In fact, we'll read a little bit from the first chapter of First Peter, but we're going to spend most of our time uh, hanging out in First Peter 2, uh, 4 through 10 uh, today. If you need Bibles or study guides for this series, uh, just lift up your hand. Uh, let the guest services peeps here know and they can uh, hook you up. If you need a Bible, take it. It's yours. Put your name in it. Pastor said you can steal. This is week four of five um, in a series we're calling Always Reforming. Um, it's appropriate for us at the beginning of a new year um, to say we are people who are continually becoming who God's created us to be. And we're going back to uh, the foundational basic stuff that makes us a church that, that is the central stuff of the gospel. And so we're doing that at the beginning of the year. We've been talking about um, how uh, scripture is the foundational um, truth place. It's the source. It's the authority for us. And so that's the ground level stuff. And that's from where we draw things like we've been talking about, like this is by grace. It's by faith in Christ alone, those kinds of things. And today we talk about the fourth of five in this series, um, how we are a priesthood of all believers. Sounds a little highfalutin. It is. We'll get there in a little bit. Hey, as uh, Sarah just talked about there, thanks, Claiborne's, for uh, sharing uh, that story, telling the story with us and to us about God's work in your life. Uh, we are pushing life groups all month long uh, for the month of January. It's our third of seven habits. If this habits language is new to you, check out the hub in the back there on the habits wall. It's got those seven listed there. Uh, these for us are principles that we want to become practices um, so that we are people and that this is an environment that are all about helping people find and follow Jesus. So the third of those is to connect in a small group. We've got a little saying here at FCC. You don't just discover deep relationships. You don't just stumble upon meaningful Christian community. Uh, you create that. Um, deep relationships are formed and created and take intentionality. So we want to create those connections for you and opportunities like Sarah just uh, shared with us. Opportunities for your growth in relationship to God and to one another. Uh, so jump in with us in a small group if you haven't yet. We already have 33 new folks connected just this month. And uh, we've got a number of spots still left for you. Uh, maybe you were in life group before, um, you sort of gotten out of the habit, and uh, you're like, I need to jump in again. It's okay. Start a new life group. Get into a new life group. Be person number 34. All right. Two more things to touch on before we jump into First Peter. Last week, we gave away um, a Team FCC football. We sort of have game balls that the elders and staff sign, and we say, hey, person who goes above and beyond, Here's a game ball. Um, so we gave that to Shannon Saland, And that's sort of um, a picture of the kind of culture we're trying to develop, which is to say we celebrate faithful service. And uh, so we have the team bash coming up at the end of February on the 25th. Hey, there's Shannon right there. Sunday, February 25th. Yes, 6 to 8 p.m. in this room. We are um, basically inviting anybody and everybody who participates, listen closely, in any capacity in any place at FCC at any sort of frequency. If you do anything at all, consider yourself invited. 
Uh, we are going to have free childcare. We're going to have a cool banquet. We're going to have some fun and, uh, and just sort of recognize uh, people for their service. That's the second habit of ours to serve on the team. Um, so free banquet. Come along. Sign up in the hub or fccgreenville.info. All right. One more thing. I know I'm going fast, but I don't want to let you out at 1215. <laughs> I'm going to get done by noon. I've got some soccer to go watch. Okay. <laughs> just being real. Uh, one last thing before we jump into First Peter, um, the second chapter. We have been saying for a number of weeks um, that we're doing this thing called Next Steps soon. We've had various iterations of like membership class or vision for FCC, things like that. Um, we've recently had the 30-minute lunch, which was fine. It was nice, but it wasn't really a vision for everything that goes on FCC and and how you can fit in with that vision. So Next Steps is all about how our seven habits strategy is designed to connect you with a God-sized vision for your life. If that sounds kind of highfalutin, good. (laughs) It's meant to. Uh, This is something new that we're doing. It's over four weeks. It's a four-week experience of getting on the same page about how uh, we at FCC do church. Um, I, I came across something a couple weeks ago that said um, a vision without a plan um, is not a dream. <laughs> a vision without a plan is a nightmare. Um, next steps is a four Sunday experience of seeing how our vision as a church has actual plans. <laughs> I know sometimes it's like Scott talks in these big terms about vision and we're all just supposed to go, oh, that's amazing. Actually, we have plans for executing how these habits are a part of your life personally (laughs) in a way that makes us corporately an environment that's all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We've got lots of cool plans and vision for how that works. So so that that um, that four-week sort of experience class journey through the next steps um, is a good place to ask questions. It's a good place to make sure you understand how it all works together, Um, seeing the whole picture helps us move forward um, organizationally. So this is how it's going to roll here. Four steps. And we're going to be doing this every Sunday except for the fifth Sunday. Okay? First Sunday is going to be engaged in worship, serving the team. The second Sunday will always be connecting a small group. Third Sunday, pray and study the Bible. And then the fourth Sunday, um, if we were doing next steps now, this would be the fourth Sunday. Am I right? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Identify with Christ and tell the story. So that's going to be that schedule all the time. You can do it in any order. You can jump in at any time. It's going to be something you can start with week four and you could go into week two the next time or you could, I only have the availability to do it once every month or two months. It's cool. Whatever sort of frequency you want to do, um, we will be doing that every Sunday except for the fifth Sundays um, here. So it's it's a chance to meet other people, gain some vision, eat some donuts uh, and learn about who we are at FCC. Now, I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm trying to, I want to get to the scriptures. Um, we are really excited about next steps because this is going to help ensure that we're all on the same page about how we can grow together uh, actually for many years to come. There's some cool vision that we're going to be rolling out in next steps um, that for some of us will pretty radically change our conception of who we are and what we're doing. I need you to hear me for a moment as sort of pastor here. When I say that if next steps is something you don't feel you want to be a part of, it's fine. 
But don't be surprised (laughs) in the not too distant future when I say things like, hey, we're starting a new campus. You'll understand what that means. If you're not in next steps, you'll think, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) And what is this strategy uh, for a a multi-site expanding ministry here at First Christian Church? If you are not a part of next steps in the next coming months, and believe me, we'll have many, many, many months, perhaps, until we start something crazy like multi-site. But when we start talking about that strategy soon, you will know what that is and why we're doing it if you come to next steps, because we're going to use that to roll that out. So, all right, enough of that. We'll tell you more in the coming weeks. Um, You can go ahead and sign up in the hub at fccgreenville.info for next steps happening soon. All righty, let's go ahead and read together and then we'll pray and get our minds and hearts ready to hear from God. First Peter, the second chapter, verses 4 through 10. Text message. It says this, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray, friends. Lord, simply put, we ask today that you would give us a vision for our lives, a vision for this church, a vision for your work in the kingdom. that takes seriously the work you're doing in hearts to bring people out of darkness into the light of your truth because you're a God who loves us. You're a God who reveals yourself to those who admit their need for you. So Father, we ask in our time today in the Word, that you would instruct us and that you would shape us. That you would continue to form us as we give ourselves to you. So that, Lord, you could, you could give us uh, increased clarity about how we are called by you to use the blessing and the mercy and the grace that you've given us and extended to us in Jesus to be men and women and marriages and homes, to be a church where your goodness and your glory are made known to those around us. 
so that this community would be changed. And so the people with whom we come into contact would see your spirit making us alive. Give us that kind of vision for our lives, Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, I've mentioned before, and if you're new to us today, sorry. I've mentioned before a time here and there, not a lot, but here and there, that that I've had a pretty long-term struggle with depression. And uh, welcome to FCC. On Monday nights um, at what we call Regeneration Recovery, um, I'm pointing to it down there because it happens down there, Um, when I introduce myself, um, there are about 70 of our people going through it right now, Uh, when I introduce myself, I say, hi, my name is Scott, and I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from, and then I list some things that are my recovery issues. I say, um, (laughs) that's good. Let me get there. Hold on. You can say hi, Scott, in just a second. My name is Scott. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from, then I list some things, performance-based acceptance, uh, a former addiction to PORN. Again, welcome to FCC. Uh, We embrace brokenness. Um, And then I say pride and anger. And then I list this one last because it's the ongoing struggle for me. I say depression. Thank you, Regen peeps. I end with that because it's the continuing struggle for me. And and I don't like to belabor those kinds of personal things or overshare (laughs) um, because it's sometimes counterproductive um, to give those kinds of things unwarranted power in our lives. Uh, But I've been to clinical burnout twice, and um, I'm going on well over 10 years of this sort of undercurrent of depression that I usually deal with well enough. (laughs) Um, but just to be honest, there are many days for me, um, that are just dark and discouraging and, um, where I pretty passionately want to just throw in the towel, to be honest. Um, like I, I just want to throw in the towel and say, is this worth it? Um, just like the last three days or so straight. I don't need your little. <laughs> because you brought it up here. There you go. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're struggling with today. Um, but I know that when I'm pretty consistently in this kind of dark place for me, I just, I just want to give up, throw in the towel. And I want to crawl into my cave. <laughs> and, and I want to say, don't anybody talk to me. Don't anybody message me. I, I don't care that that anybody else on the planet exists. I just want to crawl into my cave with my Oreos and my potato chips and my good coffee, okay? And, and professional soccer video highlights. <laughs> I know that's a weird combination. It's my daydream, okay? I just, I just want to sort of give up and say, hey, Lord, <laughs> whatever you've got for me, I don't really care. And, and I get there pretty easily, Uh, And I mention all that because I know that what I need to hear when I come to this place, what I need to hear when I'm with the people of God is a word from God. And I know that many of you do too. What I need to hear are words like what the Apostle Peter writes 
to the Christians in Rome who are struggling and suffering and battling day in and day out. He says this in the first chapter, verses 3 through 7. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. And, and I like to read sometimes like this. He has caused me to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Slide. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for me. who by God's power am being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this I rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, I have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of my faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm well aware that Peter wrote this to a group of believers and not to Scott Wakefield, (laughs) which is why he uses plurals. Uh, But I occasionally need to read this word as if he's speaking to me because I want to give up often. And I know many of you struggle with those kinds of things too. I need to remember, we need to remember, that by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now the Christians to whom Peter was writing lived in Rome, and they were suffering serious persecution for following Jesus. They were struggling with despair and discouragement. And when we say they were suffering persecution, we don't simply mean like they were being called narrow-minded by the outside world. I know that there's some real persecution suffering we go through, but, but these were people who were experiencing it at a level most of us never will. And so they needed a word from God to bring hope. Okay, these were people who were sometimes fairly brutally rejected by the world around them. These people needed words of encouragement, just like we all do today. That we are being born again, built up into a God-sized vision that brings joy and peace and satisfaction and contentment for us day to day. So Peter, one of the original 12, he writes to encourage them to stand strong, to trust, to hope in Christ no matter the circumstances. And our passage today in the uh, second chapter, verses 4 to 10 here, is filled with this hope and encouragement for us. Peter is saying in this passage, keep the faith, stand strong. You can make it if you remember. You can make it if you remember. That what God is doing in you as a community of God's chosen people is way bigger than you can imagine. I propose to you today that God's kingdom vision, that larger purpose, can keep you going when it feels like giving up. And I propose to you today that a kingdom purpose, that God's vision for you, far exceeds your vision for you. You have to believe that if you believe the words of 1 Peter 2. And we're going to apply it in a specific way today in this idea of the priesthood of all believers. 
This kingdom vision to which God's calling us is, is so big, it requires everybody. It's so big, it requires every one of us to be on this team. So let's jump in together and see how Peter develops this argument. Starting in verse 4. It says this, As you come to him, we're just going to read 4 and 5, and then we'll jump back into verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now look closer with me at verse 4. Just the first phrase. We're going to simmer here for a bit. As you come to him. Seems sort of like, okay, as we come to Jesus. All right. There's a lot in here. Um, I'm going to try and encapsulate it for you by saying this. Used to be (laughs) that worshipers of God were required to come to him in a very specific way. They had to approach God by bringing acceptable sacrifices to the temple where a priest, who was the middleman between God and humanity, would offer the sacrifice for the people, okay? According to the proper rules at the proper time, he's in the right kind of ceremonial stuff. Long and, and kind of complicated story short, approaching God came with a very specific set of instructions and conditions And you could only approach him through A, a priest, B, at the temple. Okay? When you came to worship God, there was a pretty complicated set of instructions there. Two important things for us to know. A priest did it for you, and it was at the temple. You had to go through a priest, and that had to happen at a specific place. But Peter starts here, he says, as you come to him, as you come to him, Contrary to how it used to be, Peter's reminding these discouraged believers here in Rome that it's all together, it's all together different now. He's saying, as you come to Christ, contrary to how it used to be through a priest and at the temple, you can come to him now, you can come to him now, the entire book of Hebrews uh, makes this point if you're doubtful, you can come to him now, next phrase, because he is, verse 4, a living stone. He's a living stone. He makes dead things alive. Okay? He's a living stone, but he was rejected by men. A living stone who was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Press pause. Look at that phrase, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. It means, it means basically this. People may reject you. They may reject my son. But God says, that doesn't thwart my purposes. That doesn't thwart my purposes. You see, this living stone, this son of mine, which makes dead things live, this son of mine, which makes inanimate things purposeful in my hands, God says, this living stone is the foundation on which you yourselves are being built. A living stone is the foundation on which you yourselves are being built. Read it again, what it says there in verses 4 and 5. As you come to the living stone, as you come to him, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Being built up by God's Spirit. You're becoming a place 
where God lives, which is to say the people are now the temple and the people are now the priests. This is radical stuff. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house where God lives by his spirit. Now keep reading. You're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, it says, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, this is both easy to understand at one level, like sort of conceptually, God is building you into a temple. Okay, that's sort of the easy part to understand, but it's also kind of hard to understand because of how radical this really is. Just think about this. As you are coming to Jesus, as you draw near to him, as this process of giving yourself to him and his life giving power to us through the spirit, as you are coming to Jesus and drawing near to him, You are growing to become part of this priesthood that God is putting together that functions as a go-between for Him and those who don't know Him. That is a radical calling. And I want to say this definitively to you today for how radically different a vision this might be for you than you have for your own life. You see, most of us, most of us have been sold this bill of goods about meaning and purpose in life, uh, as if securing this place of, of here and now worldly safety and security is where it's at. Like that's where satisfaction and peace and contentment come from. We've been raised from the cradle To believe that lie. And he says, when you come to this living stone, Jesus, who makes dead things alive, you are becoming part of this holy priesthood whose new job description is the same as Jesus's. To offer your life so people come into contact with God. That is the God vision that is fundamentally different than most of us have for our own lives. If you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, weighing the stuff of your life and and, and the ways that you're manipulating those things for a here and now kingdom, if you really think about that stuff, you begin to realize my vision for my life is not what Scott just said and what Peter's teaching. Your life was actually intended all along (laughs) to be an offering, a spiritual sacrifice that functions in a priestly kind of way as a mediator between God and man so that other people can come into contact with God. That's a God-sized vision (laughs) for your life. And when you, when you follow Jesus, when you follow Jesus, you realize that you've been called to follow him to the cross and offer your life like he has. To take up your cross daily in order to bring people into contact with God. That's why we say we're just about, we're about helping people find and follow Jesus. We, we actually believe 
That's where our peace and our joy and our satisfaction and our contentment come from. Not just someday, but today. Today. This is why you can get up in the morning when it's hard. This is why you can keep going on with hope when it feels dark. I'm not just offering you God's vision for your life so that He can eke out of you something you don't want to give. I'm asking you to give into something that you will love to give when you see what that vision's like and what God wants to do through us. And, and before we go into verses 6 and following, <clears throat> a lot of you may be sitting there thinking, of course you're talking this way, Scott. You're the preacher. <laughs> you got a budget to meet. You got a, an organization to make sure that moves forward and is healthy. Right, yeah, yeah. This has been God's plan all along. This has been God's plan all along. I'm just here trying to tell you this has been God's plan all along. Look at verse 6. Here's proof. Peter says it himself. For it stands in Scripture. He quotes Isaiah 28 here. God speaking. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. I've been working toward this plan to build on the Messiah, to build on the Messiah all along, God says. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Your faith and trust in Jesus will be vindicated as worth it all in the here and in the hereafter. So this honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, as it says in Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And Isaiah 8, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. They trip over Jesus, in essence here, and their disobedience shows where they were bound. But then he says this. Here's the God vision part again, verse 9. But you, but you. He says that at the beginning of this next few verses here, at verse 9, he says it toward the end of verse 10. He says, but you are... And he names a number of things. This new identity, this new vision we have. He says, you're a chosen race. Deuteronomy 10:15 says the Lord set his love on you. The Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all people. He calls them a royal priesthood. In the next little phrase there, Exodus 19 says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. He says, you're a holy nation, Deuteronomy 7, 6. You're a people holy to the Lord your God, set aside for His purposes. You are a people for His own possession, Deuteronomy 7, 6. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for His treasured possession. Out of all of the peoples, <laughs> out of all of the peoples who are on the face of the earth, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God for His purposes, for His purposes. Why? Keep reading. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Please don't miss this. This new identity as a, as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation is not a blessing to hoard. It's not laurels on which to rest. This new identity is a calling to offer our lives as sacrifices. Th that's where you actually find 
purpose and meaning in your life. (laughs) By being an offering. By living like Jesus. Her understanding that what God's doing in you as you're giving yourself to others, what God's doing in you is He's giving you an opportunity to take part in what He's doing to change hearts and lives to be about His glory. That's a radical calling. That's a God-sized vision. It's a new, new job description for us, really. That we are a kingdom of priests and our purpose is proclaiming the glories of the God who saved us to those who likewise need to be called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Read verse 10 there. He says, once you were not a people <laughs> without God. You were purposeless. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. This is, this is a mer- mercy that, that's meant to be shared in a manner that fits, accords with, the manner in which we received it, right? Like, it's mercy we received. And if we've received that mercy, we reflect it by giving mercy. It's a blessing from God that's to be stewarded for bringing others into contact with blessing from God. I want to close with a quick thought about this whole priesthood of all believers idea. If God's intent is His glory, and the expansion of his kingdom. And and what he is doing, the work of the Spirit, is he's putting together a new spiritual temple that is accessible to all. And it's not located in just one physical place. He's going to need a lot of priests. He's going to need a lot of people with the presence of God in them so they can come in contact with others so they can come into contact with God. When you come to Christ, who Peter here calls the living stone, you become part of this holy priesthood whose new job description is to offer your life so that other people can come into contact with God. When you submit to that kind of life of following Jesus, then the closer you are to him, the more you see that your job description is to offer your life so people can come into contact with the Father. You see, that's what Jesus did for you. He offered his life so you could know the Father. That's a super high calling. That's the ultimate job description. You can't have anybody else give you greater purpose. You won't find it. Which means this. Please don't ever say to yourself again that your life has no purpose. I get that feeling. I get it. He says here that God's plan all along has been to make you His own possession, a people belonging to Him, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. That's a vision for your life that can change you and give you hope and provide you reason to get up in the morning when you don't want to. Your life is an offering of spiritual sacrifice 
whose calling is the same as Jesus's. To take up your cross daily in order to bring people into contact with God. This is a kingdom vision. It's so big, <laughs> it requires everybody. It's a mission. This, this church thing is a mission that is an all-hands-on-deck mission. We need to remember this because a lot of us struggle with thinking and feeling like we're just not an important part of the team. You just, it's easy to feel like, I can't be that important. Actually, you're that important. What God can do with your life, with the presence of God in you, is to make you a priest, a temple, a place where heaven and earth meet. It's so significant. This calling is so important that it requires all of us, not just the priesthood of a few who might happen to be seminary trained and be paid. Actually, it's so important. We all have to be a part of this. Let's pray, friends. Lord, as we consider this amazing truth today, we're grateful to you that you have taken taken the brokenness of our lives and given us purpose. Forgive us for giving in to a vision for our lives. That it's about that it is about um, accumulating for self a kingdom that won't last. Lord, help us to be men and women and marriages and families and a church that store up treasures in heaven. That we would have story after story after story of your goodness and glory being revealed to people and changing hearts. Uh, so that what we hold up as wins in our lives would be the work that you're doing to bring people to yourself. Lord, continue to give us as a church um, a vision uh, for your work. That your kingdom would advance as we give ourselves to your purposes. Uh, remind us, Lord, through your spirit as you speak to us in our hearts that you love us and that you created us for your purposes. Lord, re- remind us, refresh us, recenter our hearts and minds around the truth of the gospel, that you loved us such that you saved us and gave yourself for us in Jesus. We are forever grateful that you did not leave us in the darkness of the prisons we made for ourselves in our sin, but you gave us release and liberty and victory because your son Jesus lived on our behalf a perfect and a sinless life and that he was a sacrifice for us. Lord, make that truth go to the center of us so that we would live lives that reflect that amazing truth. So that as we live, people would see that we are saved by your goodness and glory and that others would see your spirit in us. 
and that we would proclaim the excellencies of you alone who are worthy. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Hey, real quick.